Welcome to Pressing Threads, where we interviewed the authors of the hottest Twitter threads to get the insights behind the tweets. I'm Josh Constein, a VC with Early Stage Fund, SignalFire, and I'm here with Nick Huber, who wrote an incredible thread about life advice and a lot of the unintuitive learnings that he's figured out about how to uh, focus your time. So Nick, I wanna just start off right away and ask you about this one tweet of the hundreds in this thread, uh, talking about giving up is often the best choice there is. Too many people drag along products with poor odds of success. Why do people drag these projects along? And how do you think people can learn how to quit things rather than pour effort into something that's not working? Yeah, I think the media just promotes this, uh, you know, hustle, 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 rise and grind. Don't stop, never give up when, um, you know, a lot of times when you're doing a new endeavor in life, when you're doing anything uncomfortable, you can learn very quickly um, whether or not it's going to work or not. And so you should be able to make that decision. So I want to dive into a few of the other awesome tweets in this thread. So you talk about that college isn't worthless for everyone. All the successful folks who tell you that college is worthless went to college. Uh, but it's not about the learning. It's about growing and learning how to sell yourself and your ideas. But you can tell us a little bit about that. I know that when I went through college, I cared a ton about grades. And when I graduated, I realized it was really the like independent studies with professors. It was chasing the, the things that I thought was going to be endlessly interesting. And I wanted to be an expert on that mattered a lot more. Yeah, college, it's easy to look back and say, what did I really learn there? I can't think of much that I actually learned. The data that I you know, studied and memorized don't help me on a day-to-day -day basis. But what people overlook is the fact that, you know, you become a, a stronger, newer, you know, a, you grow. You learn how to sell yourself, your ideas. You learn how to interact with other people. And, you know, when you're an 18 year old, 18 to 22, when most people are in college, it's a very, you know, unique time. And it's very tough to, you know, just dismiss that and say that you should just go on and, and be and become an entrepreneur or go into the workforce. I think, uh, you know, it's a sexy thing to say right now that college is worthless, but um, I still think it, I still think it's insanely valuable. Absolutely. I definitely think if you want to drop out of college, at least go take your freshman year. There's so many critical experiences and that sort of understanding how to work in a social group or just be part of a peer group that are so important. And yeah, maybe you don't need to while away four years and rack up a ton of debt, but you can get a lot out of that first little experience. Um, and speaking about money, uh, you talked about changing the world without any money is a fool's errand. You know who really influences the world we live in? The folks with money. Make money first, change the world later. And that relates to another one that you talk about, which is around passion, where you say chasing your passion is a bad idea. And it's the best way to end in heartbreak, in my opinion. If you're passionate about it, so are other people, and it'll be competitive AF, and you're more likely to make emotional and bad decisions. So chase opportunity now and your passion later. So maybe you could talk about that, because that's so counterintuitive and so counter to what other people often say, which is that, like, go focus on your passion, do what you love. Yeah. I mean, the problem with doing that is that you're going to be in a, in a really competitive field with a lot of other people who do what they love. And when you're in that field, you are competing with people who don't necessarily make logical decisions of when to give up and when, um, you know, they're underpriced or when they're not making money. And it's a it's a brutally tough place to compete. I just think that the emotions are so um, emotions take over so many different times. A lot of the tweets in this thread are, are about emotions and people, you know, when you're doing what you love, when you're chasing what you love, it's, it's, it's kind of tough love. And you need to hear the fact that the market doesn't care about you and what you love. And as a person, you know, back to the, back to the original tweet about how you need money to influence the world, you know, as a person without money, you can only do so much. You can, you can, you know, impact a small, a very small circle, but with, if you have money, it can really amplify what you, what you can do. And that's kind of a sad thing to, to think about, um, you know, but it's, but it's true and it's, a, and it's a tough truth. 
Have you had to go through that experience yourself of like giving up on something that you were really passionate about or that you like were, that was dragging along too long? Yes. I mean, when I, when I went to school, I had several small businesses that didn't work and that, um, you know, one of them was an athletic apparel company. One of them was, I mean, I was really into sports. I was a, a division one track athlete. And um, really soon I realized that, hey, this is this is fun, but it, it's not going to pay the bills for me. So I got to I got to push this aside and do it. Do it. Makes financial sense. And how did you go about that process of facing that hard truth and actually making that change and putting away those old projects? It's not easy. I mean, people people do it for years and years and years. I mean, look at you know the, all the folks trying to get to the NFL and the NBA. And and you know, yeah, there's a one in twenty thousand chance you you get there. Folks end up being a, being an assistant coach at a community college and and struggling onward, chasing a dream that can't really pay the bills. So it's kind of a sad deal, in my opinion. So I want to hear a little bit about where you mine the insights for this incredible thread. Which how many tweets is this actually? Did you count them? It's over a hundred. Yeah, it. it I, I went to the mountains this weekend. Um, I up in up in Tug Hill, New York. It's a snowmobile area, and and my wife and I went up with two snowmobiles. We parked and we rode them actually twenty miles into the wilderness, off the grid, um, away from cell, cellular reception. We stayed at a cabin with no plumbing or electricity. And um, we, we packed in our food and, and we rode around the snowmobiles during the day and sat around a fire at night. And um, it just we did some reflecting and we did some talking about, um, you know, what we want and, and, you know, how it's kind of messed up where the media starts to push people. And a lot of the advice that you get on Twitter or from influencers is really catchy and it sounds great, but um, a lot of it will lead you astray. So on the way back, um, I, I was taking some notes and, and, and when, when I got back, I just started tweeting a lot of the things that I was thinking about. And um, I entered a kind of a state of creativity and, and um, I've always been kind of a prolific content creator. Not all of it's good, but I, I can make a lot of it quick. And over the course of about four hours, um, yeah, hundred, hundred some tweets. That's beautiful to have somebody to sort of bounce these ideas off of. I think a lot of people think in such isolation and they don't get that kind of sounding board. I've been stress testing my ideas and learning in public now for two years. This is the first thread that, you know, go, gets over all of a sudden, I wake up in the morning, it has over 2 million impressions and 20,000 um, people have liked it. And, and I've been at this for a long time, kind of tweeting how I think, tweeting um, because the Internet's a brutal place and they'll tell you where you're wrong. And I've, and I've kind of learned a lot that way. And, um, and yeah, here we are now, I guess, two years later, and we have one tweet that is, I think it might just change everything for me. That seems like a really important concept that like when you put something out on the Internet, even if it's not fully formed, that's almost ideal because people will immediately jump in and help you sort of refine the edges and smooth down the edges of what's wrong about your idea. And you can learn really quickly, oftentimes faster than if you just went researching by yourself. Yeah, Twitter's a beautiful thing because, it, I mean, if you follow the right people and if you encourage healthy debate and you don't just block or ignore people who disagree with you, the problem with, for me at least, reading a book or writing myself or you know, having a conversation with one person is it's very easy to get down in mind loops where you're thinking one way and you're surrounding yourself with one type of person. But on Twitter, you know, the, I interact with people who, who have drastically different views and opinions that I do. And I love it when those people challenge me and tell me that I'm an idiot and make me better because Twitter is something where you can think something and 10 minutes later, 25,000 people have read it. And it's a very good way to figure out where your blind spots are and get some opinions from folks who don't think like you. You can learn really, really fast. 
And I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey, like just your quickly your career path that brought you to this place where like building this kind of content or sharing these kind of advice uh, and thoughts with the world really helps uh, or is part of your journey. Like maybe you can tell us how that works out. I've always taken the path of least resistance from day one. I you know started a small business that my our friends laughed at us with with a business partner of mine that our friends laughed at us about. Um, my parents. Well, it was a it was a pickup and delivery student storage company. We bought a fifteen hundred dollar van on Craigslist and started picking up boxes around campus and storing them in a where in a actually a farmer's barn at first and then a, and then a warehouse in track and field. It's the same deal. I did the decathlon and I was able to become an all American with probably below average athletic ability just because nobody does that event. And <laughs> um, you know that, that's the story of my life. I'm all about chasing the path of least resistance. And so you know we we did pretty well with our service business and now we buy real estate and this is a side hobby of mine of trying to spread the word that, hey, look, you don't have to have a groundbreaking idea. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You don't have to have a tech startup. There's a lot of really great opportunities that the media completely overlooks because they're boring. And, you know, it's the sweaty startup. And, and that's where the brand, the sweaty startup came up. And I started a podcast about just simple service-based entrepreneurship of a way that in your town, you can look up from your computer screen, and you can build a great life for yourself. But on the other hand, you have uh, the media and Shark Tank and TechCrunch. It's all about new ideas and raising venture capital money. And that's what gets all the headlines. But those people are a very small group of the population. It's a lot of survivorship bias. A lot of things that worked for them definitely won't work for you. You can read Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg's biographies all day long. And you can try to do exactly what they did. And the odds are you won't make it, right? But in our towns, there's a lot of opportunities with just completely average people doing things that make really, really good money. But it's not really viewed as real entrepreneurship in our in our society. And it's kind of a shame. So my mission is to spread that message that, hey, look, you don't have to be spectacular. You don't have to go to Stanford. You don't have to raise venture capital. You can do something boring and you can build a great life for yourself. And I'm living proof of that. That's amazing. And sometimes I've, what I see is people join a startup really early. And even though they're not a founder and they don't get a significant equity slice, they work so hard, like as if they were the founders, but they don't reap the benefits of that. You don't have to start a, a startup. You don't also don't have to work like a founder unless you're compensated like one. The, the, the culture in, our, in America around this work is, is heartbreaking to me. I went to an Ivy League school with a lot of very successful people, brilliant minds. And I'm seeing them trade their 20s and 30s for their careers. And in my opinion, life is about balance and you should have you know, different areas of your life that you nurture, your, your faith, your health, your relationships, your friendships and, and your career. But these folks are spending 90 percent of their energy on their career and the rest of their life you know, is, is not necessarily keeping up. And it's kind of sad to think about. So, you know, I, I'm all about rethinking that. Hey, we don't need to be millionaires. We don't need to be billionaires. Um, and it kind of contradicts my point on, you know, how much, how, how important money is and how wealth is, you know, really measured in time, not money. It's not necessarily about how much money you make. It's about how much time you have to do what you want to do. And it often doesn't take nearly as much money as you think to make those things happen. So how do you get to a point of clarity where you can either produce something like this or for everyone listening, how they can actually implement these ideas? Like, What's your strategy for taking this kind of advice and putting it into action? Yeah, I would say that I'm not a I'm not a special person. I think a lot of the things on there people disagree with. There's there's a hundred. What you have to understand is there's a hundred ways to do something. So you should never listen or read what a guru says on Twitter and and take it as truth because it may work for that person. But the great thing about this life that we live, there are thousands of ways to succeed. So what I like to do is I like to have a, a very very open mind and you know have strong opinions that are held very loosely. 
and change my mind every day. I have a little sticker above my mirror that says, change your mind on something today. And um, if I can find a way to surround myself with people who challenge me and make me better, and I can change my mind on something, it's an amazing thing. But far too many people have strong opinions, strongly held, and they don't change their mind, and they don't listen to people who disagree with them, where I think the world could could use a lot of other ways to think about things because of the way the media works, it's hive mind, right? Twitter is hive mind where one person says an idea, it's kind of catchy. Everybody latches onto that and thinks it's the next way to do something. So this whole thread was kind of about me just saying, hey, look, all this crap that you hear, all, all this hustle porn and the way people talk about entrepreneurship, you're getting it from a very, very small slice of the population. And there's a lot of survivorship bias. A lot of it won't work for you. Entrepreneurship's not right for everybody. It's really hard. There are things about it that make it pretty miserable. And, um, you know, that's the stuff that you just don't hear. So I, I would say the way to put this into action and the way to, you know, help make it help your life is to, is to just think about things a little bit differently. Think about things not from the, the media influencer who is trying to get a million follows, but from somebody who is close to you that is living the kind of life that you want to live. And if you can find a way to surround yourself with those people and, uh, and have an open mind, you're going you're gonna to be a lot better off. And so that I'll bring us to the last tweet I want to discuss from this. You say that you can move to any city in the country and you'll be miserable if you don't accept one truth. The tribe makes the place. If you have good people around you, you'll be happy anywhere. Amidst all the talk of the Texas people leaving New York and San Francisco, going to Miami and Austin, I think that's one thing that often gets lost. It's like the people that you're closest to, the people you'd actually call up serendipitously without a plan and want to hang out with, that really makes the world special. And yes, you can get a lot of that online, but any final thoughts on everyone trying to relocate themselves and what they should really be chasing with their destination or where they reside? Yeah. So I'm first of all, I'm a big fan of relocating. Um, I did it in 2018. Before all this happened, I went from a major metro, Boston, to a small town, a college town, Athens, Georgia. Um, and there's a lot of talk about moving away from you know San Francisco, New York, and moving to places like Miami and Austin. And I think all that's amazing. But if you're chasing something, if you're looking for something that this new city can offer you, and all of a sudden you're going to be happy, um, you're going to be sadly mistaken. So I, I just think that folks should understand that anything in life worth having takes a lot of freaking work and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of uncomfort. Like that's, that's why this whole thread was like hard truths, right? This is not what you want to hear. Almost everything that I say in there is just going to be like, oh yeah, that's probably right, but it's not really what I want to hear. And, and moving to another city is just like that. We moved to Athens, Georgia, and my wife and I busted our butts to meet people that we had things in common with, that challenged us, that we could get to know on a deeper level. And all of that took work. So if you just move to Miami and move to Austin and expect the doors to open up and just be in this amazing, you know, utopia of amazing people with amazing government and amazing weather, you're going to be sourly mistaken. And what you need to do is you need to find a way, hey, how can I find the right people? Because that is what matters. And yes, Austin and Miami have a lot of the right people. So they're great places to move. And I don't think that you shouldn't do it. I think that those places are great. But if you do, you need to do the work to find the people that really matter to you. And that is what is going to make this city amazing, not just the weather and what people online say about it. So find your tribe, not just your trend. Thank you, Nick Huber, for, for sharing this with us. If you want to follow him, please do at Sweaty Startup. He's incredible advice to, to give. And thank you for joining us for Pressing Threads. And we'll be back next time with more interviews with insights from authors of the hottest Twitter threads. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Constantine. Josh, thanks for everything. Big fan. Appreciate it.